So we continue in our series, like I said, in the book of Acts. And today we're looking at Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. But quickly, let's recap. So the book of Acts was written by Dr. Luke and he wrote it um, as somebody who was not there during the time of Jesus, but he spent a lot of time with Paul. And he wrote these things from some of the experiences that he had himself and some of the experiences that he was told about and he wrote them down. So Luke writes this to a man called Theophilus and he's, this is the same man that Luke wrote to in the book of Luke. That the scholars also believe that these two books were one book at some point and they got divided or separated in one way or the other. But we are grateful anyway for the book of Acts because the book of Acts tells us about the foundation of this thing that we call church today and the foundation of what we call Christianity today. Because you see, there was a group of people who believed in one man, who claimed to be the Messiah, who claimed to be the King, who claimed to be the Son of God and proved to everyone through his death and resurrection that indeed he was the king, indeed he was the son of God, and indeed he was the Messiah. So after they became convinced, they became on fire for Jesus because, you see, fire fell upon them and they received power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. So since that has happened, these Jewish people were all gathered in Jerusalem for what we call Pentecost, and Pentecost was a Jewish festival where all the Jewish people from different languages and tribes would come to Jerusalem and to pray and worship there. So God chooses strategically this moment when everybody has gathered in the city of Jerusalem to show off and to fill the disciples with his own spirit. And we are told in the earlier chapter that as the Spirit came upon them, the ground began to shake. And those who were at the feast started hearing the disciples speaking and praying in their own languages. So we are told that different people who couldn't speak Spanish, who couldn't speak Setswana, who couldn't speak Isizulu, Africans, or Isindebele, or Shona, now started hearing people who they knew for sure that they didn't know those languages, started hearing them speak those languages because when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they received power, power to do things they could never do before. So we catch this story here where Peter has seen an opportunity with the people who've come to witness what is happening. You see, the, the Bible said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. And the now they are in Jerusalem and they are already starting to be witnesses because people are gathering around the place where they were. And when the ground shook, people came in numbers to see what was happening. And they became so surprised when they were saw what was happening that Peter saw an opportunity, an opportunity to tell them about what has just taken place. And you know, as I was reading this, it says Peter saw an opportunity in chapter 4. But still, in chapter 2, they don't say Peter saw an opportunity. But Peter seizes the opportunity and he steps out to the people. And he says, you who are claiming these people are drunk, let me tell you what just took place. 
Just take a pause there. This is Peter, who about 50, 55 days ago, had denied Jesus. This is the same Peter, who was scared of his life, who lacked confidence about sharing his relationship with Jesus. We see him step up in this time, seizing an opportunity, speaking boldly and saying, let me tell you what has taken place here. And Peter gives them a history lesson and explains to them what has just taken place. And the Bible tells us, after he explained everything, thousands of people who had gathered, believed in him, and received Christ as, his, as their Lord and Savior, and began a journey of discipleship, of following Christ. This is beautiful. So the story where we are catching it, we see how the disciples now were starting to learn how to live as the ones who belonged to God's kingdom, as the ones who starting to live out their convictions about this thing called Christianity that they now have received. Now, I need to remind you that this was a mixture of people, people from different cultures, people from different places, people from different classes. They came together and they were trying to do this thing called church. Hey, following Jesus, doesn't this remind you about us at following Jesus? People from different walks of life, people from different languages, tribes and nations, coming together, trying to do this thing called church, trying to follow Jesus in a way that is authentic, in a way that glorifies God. So let's read here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, this community of believers, once they had come together and started understanding and learning how to become a community, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And they devoted themselves to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Just underline that. They had everything in common. They sold their properties, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they contributed to meet together. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They, brought, they, brought, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. The Lord added to their number daily. Here's a question I want to ask you today. What are some of the opportunities that you have seen in the past where God has invited you to something and you never responded positively to them? What are some of the opportunities currently that God is inviting you to that you are still yet to respond to because of his kingdom that he wants you to advance? I'm asking this question because you see, we see a transformed Peter who is now empowered by the Holy Spirit. A transformed man who sees an opportunity and says, Lord, I'm going in. 
I'm going to tell these people about what have just happened. And guess what God does? When Peter steps out, he rewards the people by bringing even more people, by Peter witnessing already after the Holy Spirit has come. God moves in and they say he added to their numbers daily. What are some of the opportunities that we have missed as a church, as individuals, that we want to re uh, revisit, that we want to go back to and say, hey, this was an opportunity missed, but we want to go back to it and we want to try again. Because you see, we serve a God of second chances. The opportunities that we missed should not make us losers in life. Peter missed many opportunities to stand firm, to stand bold, and to be on the side of Jesus, but he didn't. But in this case, we see a different kind of Peter, a Peter who seizes opportunity, a Peter who's bold, who's courageous, and who says, here is an opportunity. This one I'm not missing. This one I'm taking. So I repeat, what are some of the opportunities that you fail to seize that you never ceased to share the good news of Jesus with others? What are some of the opportunities that you had to behave in a way that will glorify God and you never did? Hey, I'm here this morning to say to you, you still have another chance like Peter. You still have another opportunity because you are still here and you are still alive. You still have another opportunity to seize opportunities that are going to come your way to advance the kingdom of God and to make his name known through you. We see a transformed community that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. You see, let me explain this to you. This community, as it was forming and it was coming together, they were realizing that, you know what? Different worlds are colliding and we are people of different nations. We are people of different languages, cultures, and here we're going to bash heads. But through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we see them here learning how to live together, learning how to be a community together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to breaking bread. And they devoted themselves to prayer. Amen. 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 People of following Jesus, this is the kind of community that I pray for every day. A kind of community that will be transformed, that will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. A community that will devote itself to the teachings of the apostles, the teachings of the scriptures, the Bible-based church that will follow Jesus and his word throughout. Amen. 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 This is the kind of community that I'm praying for. A community where we can come and learn together and share scripture together 
and not just share, but do what the Word of God says. Because you see, friends, we see in this community that is becoming transformed, in this community that is now empowered, that they're taking what Scripture is teaching them and they are putting it into practice because we see that they start learning how to devote themselves together. This is not something new. This is something that the, all the prophets were teaching them. This is something that we see in the Old Testament that you, the people of God, you need to devote yourself into the learning of Scripture, into the reading of Scripture. You need to devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. And we see this community coming together and doing exactly that. This is my prayer that will take our time together serious. That when we come together to fellowship, when we come together and we learn from one another, we read the word of God together through home groups, through church gatherings, through us just being together and doing life together. I pray for God to strengthen us, for God to give us more wisdom to know his word better and to go deep in his word. They devoted themselves into fellowship. They had everything in common. <clears throat> they had everything in common. They shared everything they had. They devoted themselves into going to each other's houses. They devoted themselves into building deeper relationships. They devoted themselves into building authentic relationships. You see, friends, when you build an authentic relationship, when you build a friendship that is not forced, a friendship that doesn't require energy and that just happens naturally, it produces much fruit. It does things that you don't even think yourself you could do because we read that through this fellowship, they started having things in common they started seeing that you know what they should not be the poor amongst us you know what they should not be the uneducated amongst us they should not be those who are in need around us because you see they devoted themselves in fellowship they started knowing each other's lives they started knowing that they don't have sugar let's go give them sugar they started knowing that in their house there is a need and they went to close that need Amen. Amen. Oh, Amen. Oh, Amen. When I say Amen, I'm saying, God, let it be so. Father, let it be so. I'm speaking to us as a community, and I'm saying to us, if we want to see ourselves as a unique spirit-empowered, transformed community whose inward journeys have happened, whose outward journeys have happened, and whose forward journeys has been impacted and felt around our community. It can only happen if we start by devoting ourselves into fellowship. If we know our people around us first, authentically and genuinely first, before we want to go empower others out there. Oh, Jesu, Amen. You see, friends, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Before they went to Samaria, before they went to Judea, they started in Jerusalem. They started in Jerusalem. And following Jesus, I know, I know that you are generous people. You've proven every time that you are generous people. But following Jesus, as your pastor, I want to say, we still have some work to do. 
We still have some work to do to learn how to fellowship authentically together. I'm praying and I'm hoping that COVID has helped us to see the importance of doing life together, of following, of fellowshipping together, of really having serious relationships that are authentic, serious relationships that we can count on. Because I know there are some people in this church when COVID hit, they were lonely and they felt alone. Yet there was this community called following Jesus that was there. This should not happen. This should not happen. We want and we desire to have a community that fellowships together. Fellowships together in a way that there is never going to be anyone who's going to be in need in following Jesus. There is never going to be anyone who lacks anything at following Jesus. We'll be so tightly knit in communities that will be going to each other's houses, will be knowing each other, and will be fellowshipping together and devoting ourselves to this fellowship. This is my prayer for this community that will continue to devote ourselves in breaking bread together. Breaking bread together. You see, Jesus did this practice a lot of times with his disciples. They sat down often and it was during that time as they were eating where they would say, Hey, Brother Lawrence, how is Jenny? How is Tivovo? Hey, Wena Olina, how are the kids doing? How's Siabonga? Is he still employed or does he look for work? Hey, Wena Nick James, how's Christine's health? How is she doing? Last time I checked, she was not doing well. Hey, Wayne, hey, you, Lizwi, wherever you are, Natasha, Naomi, hey, all of you guys, how are you doing? Imagine if we were living this out as a community on daily basis, imagine how tightly it would be. Imagine how we would have things in common. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. May you knit this community together. May you bring us together. May you make us want to fellowship together. May you make us want to devote ourselves into the apostles' teaching. May you make us want to break bread together. Amen. Oh, amen. Oh, let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. Oh, they devoted themselves into prayer. Prayer is the only thing that keeps us connected to our maker. Prayer is the only fight that we know. Prayer is the only weapon that we have. And you see, when the disciples were devoting themselves to prayer, things were not nice. So they had to look to their master. They had to look to their savior all the time and they had to come together and say father hear us our father in heaven we are hallowing your name we say let your name be kept holy may your kingdom come may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day that we are sharing bread oh father these disciples were practicing the Lord's Prayer. These disciples, remember, some of them were with Jesus at the beginning. So they started learning, what does this prayer mean? And they started practicing it. And we see, give us this bread, our daily bread. Oh, lead us not into temptation. They devoted themselves in prayer. They were like, Lord, you see 
how people hate us. We thank you for those who've joined us. But Father, there are those who don't love us. Please, Father, bring them into our family as well. They devoted themselves in prayer. They took the opportunities that they found. Hey, you know, I just remembered somebody in our community that I haven't heard from from a lot of, like, long since COVID. And actually, I'm going to call them and I'm going to check on them. Because you see, it's important for us to keep connecting together. Acts 2, 43 tells us that as they were doing these things, as they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to prayer, and to sharing of bread, it says, all came upon them. All came upon them. As they were meeting together and doing all of these things, as they were seeing so many things that were happening around them, all came upon them. And I pray, that as we are going to be starting to think and as we are starting to pray about the future of our church, the future of our community, all of God will fall upon us. And these things are going to shape us. These things are going to give us new identity. These things are going to make us a new people, a new community, a freshly transformed community through our persecution of COVID, through our struggles and suffering, through the times that we could not be together. When we come back together, I pray that we'll come back together as new people, as people who's been filled up, as people who've been transformed inside. And I pray that we're going to come back as people who'll want to be this ex-church, who'll desire to be this ex-church. I'm praying that we'll be a community that seizes opportunities, opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the opportunities to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria and in Judea and the ends of the earth, and the ends of the earth. As we continue to read, we move to chapter 4, verse 32. It says all the believers were in all the believers were one in heart and in mind no one claimed that they had any possessions of their own but they shared everything they had with their great power the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the lord jesus and god's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that were in them and that there were no needy people among them from for from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. For an example, there is a guy called Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostle called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, who sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles' feet. You see, when we are transformed by the Holy Spirit, when we are a community that's devoting itself to fellowship, to prayer, and to the apostles' teaching and to breaking bread, this is the kind of thing that will happen in us and through us. We'll behave in ways that will shock the world. This community was transformed inside. They were convinced of the good news that Jesus was bringing to them. And they started doing things that were witnessing to those around them. I can imagine people who were around them, who saw this guy, we are told, Joseph, who went and said, you know what, these things don't belong to me. I'm going to sell them and I'm going to come to this community and say, here it is. 
Let us share amongst ourselves. They should not be the poor amongst us. They welcome the invitation of transformation that happened in them. And they let go of some of the things that they knew were going to hold them back. What are some of the new ways that we want to adopt as the church that will make us witnesses of Jesus just by how we conduct our lives? That just by people looking at us and saying, did they just sell their land? Did they just give away their cars to each other? Did they just share resources like that? Who are these people? What are some of the new things we need to adapt that will cost us everything like Joseph? You see, following Jesus is very cost uh, exercise. It's a very expensive exercise because it costs you everything you have. It costs you your pride. It costs you your money. It costs you everything. Where you want to hate, Jesus says, no, you need to love. Love your enemies. Where you want to fight, Jesus says, no, I'm your advocate. I'll fight for you. Where you want to be angry, Jesus says, don't go to bed angry. Before you go to bed, the kingdom of God is upside down. So this kingdom and this community that Jesus is inviting us to is a transformed community and it's a different kind of community. So what are some of the things that we need to let go of for the sake of others? Many of us are holding on to things that we don't need. And we, there are people in our midst who actually have a, a, a more need than us. We see a Joseph who's transformed within, who says, look, I don't need this. Let me bring them to the apostles' feet and let us share them equally. What is God's invitation in this time of change of this community? They used to have their own lifestyles. You see, Joseph was very comfortable living his life as a wealthy man. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he received power, power to be able to let go, power to be able to be transformed and live a radical life. What are some of the things that we need to let go? What are some of the things that we need to let go? What are some of the changes that we need to adapt to in these times of uncertainty? Is there any invitation that we are sensing that God is bringing to us? Is there any kind of community that you desire to be part of? Hey, this, for me, I see God moving here. I see God speaking to us here. I see God saying to following Jesus people, hey, in this time when you come back together, I want you guys to come back with power. I want you guys to come back transformed human beings. I want you to take your generosity from here to here. I want you to take your love for one another from here to here. I want you to become a community that is transformed. You see, we see a community here that was scared in the beginning, that was fearful, that was not courageous, that was not bold. And now we see a community that is radical. We see a community that is radical in their witnessing. We see a community that is radical in their prayer. A community that is radical in their generosity. We see a community that is radical in their unity. It says they were one in heart and in mind. It says they had everything in common. This is a community that was radically transformed from within. 
and therefore their outward journey was felt by everyone in their community and their forward journey was felt by the entire community around Jerusalem because those who were not part of this community wanted to be part of this community because the Bible tells us that every time they behaved in this way the Lord added to their number those who were being saved daily People were attracted to their new lifestyles. People were being attracted to this new community. They were sensing that something miraculous is happening. Something different is happening. It was happening because there was an empowerment of the Holy Spirit that had transformed them. Hey, may we become radically transformed so that we can devote ourselves in prayer. We can devote ourselves in fellowship. We can devote ourselves in breaking of bread. This was a radically transformed community that was testifying, that was testifying the good news of Jesus. I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus. As we read chapter 4, as we continue to read chapter 4, we see that the disciples prayed for boldness. They started praying to God for courage. They went to God and said, Lord, we love what is happening around us, but we need boldness to be able to go out and proclaim your name even more. We need courage to be able to let go of the things that we do not need in our lives. We need courage. You see, friends, you need first the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to empower you to have courage to let go of certain things, to have courage to not want to build stuff for yourself only, to have courage to take radical decisions and be a radical community. We need courage to do that because this world is going to keep pulling us to itself and we need courage to step away from it and be radically transformed and be radically empowered and people seeing us as witnesses moving our lives from house to house sharing our love from house to house sharing our commitment sharing our food sharing everything that we have to others that don't have and moving along being witnesses of Jesus in Jerusalem in Samaria, in Judea, and the ends of the earth. I ask again, where is your Jerusalem? Where is your Judea? Where is your Samaria? And where is the ends of the earth? What's the invitation you feel God is sending to you right now as you're listening to me speak? And as you go back and read this text, just ask God to tell you to discern with you what's the invitation that he's calling you to, that you need to devote yourself to. Ask God to help you to be able to reveal some of the things that he's inviting you to, both as an individual and us as a community. This community was willing to suffer together for Christ. They were willing to come to, 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 they were willing to do things together. They were willing to let go because they wanted to do for others you see this community knew how to lay down their lives so that others can just simply live this is a transformed community this is a radically transformed community and this is a community that I pray for so father in the name of Jesus I pray for boldness I pray for boldness in us, through us. I, I pray for courage for all of us to realize that you have brought us here together 
to be something different. You have a purpose and you have a mission. For those who feel like they don't belong in this community, Lord, I pray that you make their hearts and mind one with all of us. I pray that you make us see that we have all things in common. I pray that you reveal the reasons why you still kept us together. Father, I pray for this community. I pray that as we're going to start meeting again, I pray that you'll refresh our hearts. I pray that you'll unite our hearts. You'll unite our minds. That you'll refresh us and you'll radically transform our hearts so that when we come back, we come back with hearts that are yearning to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the learning of scripture, to the dedication and commitment of learning your word, not just learning your word, but doing your word. I pray that we'll dedicate and devote ourselves to the fellowship with others, to loving one another, to say that they will know us by the fruit that we produce. They will know us, mighty God, by the fruit that we produce because they will see how we love one another. Mighty God, I pray that you will help us to know how to devote ourselves in breaking of bread. May our doors be forever open to go in and out and to allow others in and out. May our friendships increase. May our friendships be authentic. May this community be an authentic community. And may its impact be felt in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, and the ends of the earth. Almighty God, may we increase and devote our praying and prayerful lives. Mighty God, I come to you today and I repent for not praying as I'm supposed to. I repent for not coming together as a community as often as we should, to pray together as often as we should. Mighty God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will empower us to devote ourselves in prayer as often as we can. Give us courage to do these things. Give us boldness to do these things. Give us wisdom to do these things. And mighty God, empower us because you said in your word, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. Help us to be your witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and the ends of the earth. In the name of Jesus, Amen. 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 Father, I pray that you help us to start where we are at. Courage needs us to just take one step at a time. Boldness needs us to just take one step at a time. I know that you'll meet us where we are at. So Lord, meet us where we are at and take us on a journey together so that we can build our inward journeys, our outward journeys, and our forward journeys, mighty God. As we come as a community, help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Hey, following Jesus, I pray and hope that we'll be seeing more of you today, later at the church property, as we devote ourselves in the sharing of bread, as we devote ourselves in the fellowship that we'll be having now. So Father, please, as we go there, Holy Spirit, come and be with us and let us share bread together. And for those who can't join us, we remember you and we are with you in spirit. And I pray that God himself can touch you and reveal himself to you so that one day you can be able to join us 
and we can go into each other's homes and fellowship, devote ourselves into prayer, into fellowship, and into sharing of bread. Until we see each other again. Sure, sure. I can't wait for Jerusalem challenge. So I'll see you just now. Bye. Sure, sure.